1: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Mostly What God Does, written and narrated by Today Show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie. Mostly What God Does is available now everywhere you get your audiobooks. Welcome back to the Questions and Ethics program with Russell Moore. I'm Philip Bethancourt, and today we want to talk about the holidays, Dr. Moore. There are going to be people traveling all over the country to be with family. Some of them are in great family situations. Others have more of a challenging situation. Maybe the holidays?
0: Are you saying instead of Christmas? Is this like a war on Christmas? <laughs> it's the happening war on Christmas. The ERLC. The, so the Christmas. The Christmas holidays okay. are here. All
1: right. So, how would you advise family members who are traveling and meeting together to navigate some of the complex conversations and issues they'll have, especially those in broken homes or maybe they got challenging relatives? What would be some counsel that you would have for them on how to handle tensions in the holiday season?
0: Well, you know, just a few weeks ago, before Thanksgiving, there were all of these. Uh, different uh, sites talking about how to how to argue political issues with your uh, family members. I remember Vox had a a list of issues and you could choose Obamacare or uh, whatever the issue was with a list of talking points to be able to argue with your Uncle Charlie about these sorts of things. That's one kind of tension that can show up at a table, this sort of arguing over issues. But of course, as you mentioned, there are many other tension points, even in families that don't uh, sit around and discuss controversial uh, topics of uh, politics and religion. And some of those have to do with Issues of transition in life, sometimes you have uh, children who have grown up, they've married, now they have children of their own, they're coming home, maybe they're rearing their children in a different way than mom and dad think is the best way to do it, maybe mom and dad don't like this new uh, in-law, this new spouse, or vice versa. Or, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of times there are, there are families that have been put together in different ways with step families and, and all sorts of things with with a thousand backstories going on uh, around the table and so I think there are, some, there are some some difficult things that happen anytime that you have sinful people and we 're all sinful people who are coming together around the holiday times around the Christmas holiday times and then when you 've got questions of Issues, for instance, of parents who are parenting their children in a specific way, and then they come in with groups of people who are doing things exactly opposite. That can bring points of, of tension. So I think there are several things that, particularly Christians, we ought to keep in mind. And I think the first thing is peace. We ought to be working for a spirit of peace. And when I say that, I recognize and I know some people will immediately say, yeah, but Jesus said that he didn't come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword and that that sword will split daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, uh, as he puts it in Matthew chapter 10. That's true. But he's talking there about gospel division, uh, that, that the gospel brings division uh, between people. People, uh, people who are following Christ sometimes find those who will say, we're going to marginalize you because you're following Christ. But there's a difference between that sort of gospel division and the kind of carnal division that we have. Have, where what we're arguing about is not about whether or not we're going to follow Christ and seek the kingdom but about our own personal preferences and agendas. And of course the the Bible tells us that the spirit brings peace, that's a fruit of the spirit, and Jesus tells us that the sons of God are those who are peacemakers, which is why uh, Book of Hebrews and, and the Book of Romans both tell us that we ought to we ought to strive for peace with everyone so far as it is possible uh, with you. So uh, you, you need to, to recognize that sometimes the arguments that we get into and the tensions we have, it's not because an unbelieving family member is trying to persecute uh, the Christians. It's because. Sometimes we as Christians we want to go ahead and sort the wheat from the tares uh, in the now, rather than waiting for Judgment Day. We want to show who's right and who's wrong right there at the at the table. Now it's true that the gospel exposes sin, but the gospel exposes sin in order to point to Christ. It doesn't expose sin simply in order to antagonize, and certainly not simply in order to win an argument. And so uh, I think we need to always be reminding ourselves that belligerence is not in and of itself a sign of of holiness. And, and the problem is that quarrelsome people always tend to think that they are uh, that they are instead simply those who are standing up for righteousness. And, uh, and, and they, you know, they'll, they'll conclude if they're being opposed, oh, well, you know, if you're not being opposed, then you're not really with Jesus because Jesus was opposed. That's true. But the Scripture says that we must not be quarrelsome. And that's in the same list repeatedly in Scripture, along with not being heretics and drunks. So we need to be those who are striving so far as it is possible with us to bring peace. If the gospel disrupts, that's great. If you disrupt then that's a different uh, that's a different problem. Now, the second thing I think we need to keep in mind is honor. And so when we're when we're gathering together, we need to be remembering that the scriptures tell us to fear God, to obey the king, 1 Peter chapter 2, and to honor everyone. That's everybody. And so that honoring of father and mother is often a very difficult thing to do. If your parents are the high priests in the Church of Satan, they're, they're still your parents— and if your uh, if your cousin Betty Jo does uh, Jello shots in her car before she comes in to the uh, to the Christmas dinner, well, she's still made in the image of God. Uh, and if uh, if your cousin Freddie says, "Hey, I, I want to kind of take the edge off this cocaine before we sit down and start arguing about President Obama," well, it, it, she's still made in the image of God. And so we we can't do the will of God by opposing the will of God. We we have to. Uh, we have to honor, so you can't really evangelize people. If you have lost family members, you maybe you have lost parents, you can't evangelize them by dishonoring them or by disrespecting them. And so try to find ways to find places where you can honor the people that God has put in your family and to teach your children how to do that in showing respect and gratitude. That doesn't mean that you honor things that are dishonorable. You ought not to do that. But find... Find specific areas where you can show honor and count them as more important than, than yourselves. And then there's humility. I mean, uh, one of the reasons I think that we have so, such difficulty with our unbelieving or our nominally Christian family members is because we, we tend to see differences over Jesus as being the equivalent of differences over everything else. So if we have uh, if we have at the table somebody who's a, a diehard uh, Saints fan and a diehard Steelers fan, they may argue about those things. Uh, And they think, well, you know, it's really the same thing when we're arguing over the gospel. Or somebody who is a a really strong Republican, somebody who's a really strong uh, uh, Democrat, and they argue uh, back and forth. We think, well, that's the the same thing when it comes to these issues of belief, except that it's not. Jesus in the gospels never once seeks to prove that he's right. And Jesus is accused of everything from being a wino to a demon-possessed occultist. And, but he, he, never, he never forces a vindication of himself. Instead, he waits for God to vindicate him. And I think sometimes, especially at Christmas holiday time or anytime you have families getting together, we kind of tend to veer towards Satanism. Uh, that sense of, I want to be proven in the right right now. And so we feel rage when Uncle Ronnie sits there and pontificates. Well, I just think there are many roads that lead to God. Uh, the, the issue sometimes is not that we want Uncle Ronnie to be resurrected. It's that we want to be proven right. And I think that's a dangerous impulse. And uh, we also, we tend to forget somehow how it is that we came to Christ. In the first place, Paul says that you ought to, uh, what do you have that you didn't receive? And if you received it, then why do you boast and and, and brag as though, as though you uh, did something for it? And I think that's a really important point. We didn't come to Christ because of our brilliance. It's not like being accepted into Harvard. And we didn't come to Christ because of some exertion of our will, like putting together a, a Rubik's Cube. Instead... We came to Christ through the grace of God, and we ought to be reminding ourselves of that and, and crucifying pride uh, when we're there. And the, the problem is that being together in families tends to bring out those vulnerabilities of pride. And, uh, you know, it, that pride can come in many ways. Sometimes it's kind of uh, looking around and saying, who's making the most money here? Who, who's who got the best life here? And sometimes it comes down to uh, looking around and saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like these publicans and tax collectors. But we know that is not a spirit that God receives. And so you're going to see, unless you're in a really, really unusual family, you're going to see people in your family who are going to have marriages that are failing. You're going to see people who are epically bad parents, uh, in your family, you're going to see that all over the place. You're going to see, uh, you're going to see people who are addicted to uh, prescription pain pills. Uh, you're going to see who knows what going on in your family, and the the, the temptation shouldn't be. When you see your sister-in-law sitting down and pleading with uh, you know her little daughter to uh, to please let mommy uh, through the hallway right now, your, your temptation is going to be to say, "Good grief, look at look at how bad a parent she is." Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that. And when you know your your cousin Linda is sitting there taking Lortab with her beer at uh, eight a.m. in the morning at breakfast to say, "Oh, thank you, Lord, that we're not in that situation." But that that. That puffs you up, and that, that turns you into uh, a spirit of pride, which is more like the devil than it's like than it's like Christ. So we need to remember humility. And then finally, I think we need to remember maturity. Um, Jesus says that we're going to be tested, that we're going to walk through temptation, we're going to walk through suffering, and then ultimate ultimately to glory. And sometimes that's in really big things, and we tend to think of that in terms of big things, cancer and... Uh, Losing a job and those sorts of crises, but a lot of times it's in those littler sorts of of situations. It's not necessarily fighting lions in the Colosseum or uh, standing there with a John three sixteen sign in front of the tanks of of some tyrant coming through. Instead, it's these little places of temptation. Like, am I going to love that? belching brother-in-law at the other end of the table who wants to sit here and talk at, at length about why the Cubans killed JFK and, you know, how you really ought to become involved in his his scheme to sell herbal laxatives over the Internet or whatever it is that he's pontificating about. The, 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 the testing and the temptation can come in those very little moments. And sometimes I've had a lot of young men particularly who tell me, that when they go home for Christmas or they go home for some other holiday with their extended families, they feel like children. Their, their parents or their parents-in-law are trying to dictate to them where they're going to go. You're going to come to our house for this much time or uh, the other house for that much time. And sometimes they have their, their parents coming in and hijacking their rearing of their children. Uh, one guy tell me, you know, we go home, we have all of these we have all of these patterns of how we raise our children. And then I go home and my wife and I walk out the door and we come in and the kids are watching Die Hard, you know, with the parents. And, and we have to say, no, 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 no. We, 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 we've been working all year long on uh, making sure that our children see things that we want them to see. And now we leave you for a half a day and we come in and they're watching American Pie on cable. I mean, that's uh, distressing. And so they feel like their they're children and their parents are somehow now their parents again. And a lot of times what I see is that these, these parents tend to just seethe in frustration. And I think a lot of times that's not because the extended family is just so stubborn. It's just because the extended family, they don't see those adult children living like adults the rest of the year. And so I think that this is a good opportunity to be a man if you are one. Or be a woman uh, if, you, if you are one. And make those decisions about where you're going to go, how long you're going to be there, where you're going to spend the Christmas holidays. Teach and discipline your children. Uh, that's your responsibility. And your extended family might not like that at first. They might not respond well to that at first. But they'll come to respect the fact that you're leaving and cleaving and you're taking responsibility for that which has been entrusted to you. And so, just remember that this is this is going to be a time of testing for you right now. But live out the gospel. Spirit puts you there, no matter where it is that you are, and have a sense of perspective. It's it's going to be over before long, and then you move on with your life. This isn't uh, this isn't the sort of um, the sort of ongoing skirmish that you ought to have at Aunt Flossie's dinner table.
1: together
0: If the Lord
1: Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics program. If you have a question you'd like Dr. Moore to answer, email your question to questions at erlc.com. We'll be back again to help you apply the gospel to the pressing questions of our day.